Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Welcome to the Life is Hard life podcast. Is hard. Life is weird. <laughs> yeah. No, life is hard. Life is hard podcast. It is hard because I want to buy a podcasting machine and I can't justify please people send me money so i can justify spending six hundred dollars on this podcast just listen to the damn podcast i mean that would help well it's true but i'm not making any money on this and i'm not necessarily complaining that i'm not making money but when i buy stuff with business money i have to have a business justification but if i was at least yeah if we had a you know a thousand listeners i could be like well you know what i'll pay for it out of my own pocket out of you know, pre-taxed money because it's worth it to me to reach thousands of people and change people's lives for the better. That's right. That's what we're doing here. That's right. We're, we're well, we're, you know, it's kind of hopeless because I keep listening to these, uh, these uh, things on NPR. <laughs> well, there went that idea. I know. You know what? Never mind. It's hopeless. Well, we have we'll, we'll we have all up. these we have all these. Uh, what do they call them? We have all these built-in biases in our brains um, that that keep us from actually. We're not reasonable. Human. Our, our biological brains are not totally rational. We think we think we're rational, but we have. Um, God, I'm trying to remember what the, what the term is now, but we have all these weird things that keep us from predilections. We're no predispositions. It's, no, it's a bias. It's a pre something bias. We we precognitive bias. No, no, no. It has to do with basically what we already believe. The things that we already believe, we're more inclined to to believe things that support the the preconceived ideas that we already have. Okay. I'll buy um, that. Yeah, as a and, premise. and we're more tribal. So, so if we feel like um, something is going to make us more popular, we're more likely to believe it than than if it's something that's. For instance, let's just say we're we're let's say we're Bernie Bros, and we're hanging out with a bunch of Bernie Bros, and someone tells us that that uh, Bernie Sanders is really a, a capitalist who's trying to get control of the White House so he can sell us out. Well, we're all going to okay. be like, fuck you, we don't believe that, because we're around our Bernie bro brothers, right? We're like, this is goes against the whole ideology of the group that we're in, this group that we identify with. Sure. And so, on the other hand, if somebody came to this group and said, you know, uh, Bloomberg is out to destroy Bernie Sanders... We'd all be like, oh, yeah, we believe that. And, and we wouldn't necessarily need evidence for it, right? We wouldn't be demanding that someone show us their sources because it fits our, you know, that group's preconceived ideas. We, I mean, this is what we believe in, right? Right. Well, this is how our brains work more strongly than the rational side. So when someone presents an argument to us, we already have a preconceived idea we already have a and again there's a fucking word for this and 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 we we are more or less willing to accept this new idea based on what we already believe and so and and they said that that it doesn't even matter how well educated you are like they said a lot of climate deniers are better educated than the non-climate deniers because they've basically got the 
the uh, ammunition, they've got their justification. It's easier for them to rationalize their clim- climate denial because they have more, you know, m- more information that they can sort of use against it. Like, well, what about this? And have they considered this? And maybe it's not, right. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, and, and actually... They're just going to do it in a more educated way. They're going to say, well... Over the course of time, the Earth has experienced hot spells and cold spells, and this is completely natural. And if you looked at it in the big context of things, yeah, and and uh, you know, if they've already come, to, if they've already convinced themselves that climate change is being, you know, the whole concept of climate change is just a hoax being, you know, put on by someone who's trying to take their money, um, they might be more or less inclined to believe evidence and new information than somebody who's just some guy who mows grass for a living and doesn't have an axe to grind. He just doesn't have a, you know, a, a horse in the race and someone comes along and explains something to him. He's like, wow, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. And he, that guy might be more, sus- more receptive to this new information than the guy who's smart and, and, and understands the problem and should understand the new information, but basically doesn't want to hear it. So yeah, do you all, really need a horse and an axe if you mow lawns? Well, but you got to have a horse in the race, right? I mean, even if you don't have need a horse for your job, you know what I'm saying? Horses I are guess. really important, you know, at least in the metaphorical sense. So, if you had a horse in the rat race, how would that work out? You don't put a horse in a rat race. And by the way, rats are smarter than horses, so. Maybe I need a rat in the race and not a horse in the race. Uh, But it doesn't matter because I don't have an axe to grind, nor anywhere to grind it. Right, right. Nor a grinding stone. Unless we're discussing books. Because then all of a sudden you're all like, oh, books kill trees and we can't That's have right. books because, gosh, it takes forever to read them and, and heaven forbid we kill a tree to print a book. Well, the people that make books definitely have an axe to grind. That's how they cut down the trees to make the books. Huh. Otherwise, they'd be whacking at the tree with a dull axe. I, you know, I have an interesting beef today. Um, <laughs> and now we have beef. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, we're talking about dull tools. So I, I cut myself twice today. Somehow, and I, I can go weeks without cutting myself. And today I managed to cut myself twice. <laughs> Two completely different circumstances. I cut myself on the trunk of my car, and I still don't know what I cut myself on. If I could find it, I'd file it down so it, I wouldn't do it again. It was the trunk of your car. You just said it. Yeah, yeah. It was something on the edge of the trunk, something sharp. And I'm going to find that, whatever it was, and file it down because it's, whatever it was was super sharp. I cut my knuckle, like with barely touched it. And then I cut myself cutting up food for, for dinner. But... The thing is that, okay, so I go to put a bandaid, Band-Aid on this cut, and I'm, it's on my thumb, the second cut. The, you know, the, the first one, I, didn't, I was out, out and about. I just had to let it bleed all over the place. But <laughs> The first one's the deepest. It, well, the first cut's always the deepest, but the second one was the most annoying because I'm, I'm cutting up food, and I don't want to bleed on my food, right? So, so mm. I, I'm going for a Band-Aid. And here's the thing, okay? I'm not normally one to say, you know, you should buy brand name shit and all that stuff, but cheap Band-Aids suck. 
Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the knife. <laughs> no, no, I have a great knife. Cheap Band-Aids suck. You can't get... I don't know if you remember the, the Band-Aid brand Band-Aids, but they've got the packaging. I do, yes. There's like when you rip the end off, the outer packaging, when you rip the end off, there's a little string that rips it down the side. So it's, uh-huh. so it's really easy to get the Band-Aid out. And then the Band-Aid has a... Um, it's designed so that you you the the backside you you start the thing on and anyway the point is it goes on really easy if you only have one hand to put a bandaid on your other hand right because the other one is bleeding all over the carpet exactly yes. or you've just managed to get it to stop bleeding and you're you know you've you've got some some anti antimicrobial on there or something and anyway the point is you you can't be using both hands because you can't they're not just not available. You can do it with a Band-Aid brand Band-Aid, but this fucking cheap Dollar General Band-Aid I had in the drawer, I'm fighting to get the stupid package open with one hand, and it's not coming apart. And I'm like, like, first I ripped one end off, and I couldn't get it open, and so I ripped the other end off, and I managed to get it open. And then I couldn't get the stupid Band-Aid on my thumb, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. What, does Band-Aid have a fucking patent on the... Design of the packaging or something? They probably do. Yeah, I was going to say they absolutely probably do. And they're probably going to sue you for referring to the Dollar General brand bandages as Band-Aids. Oh, they're, yeah, yeah. Which is unfortunate because this whole segment is like an endorsement of Band-Aid brand bandages. Well, it's especially unfortunate in that I have more to gain than they do because they're not going to get any money out of me and they might promote our podcast and who knows we could become the next joe rogan and then you can buy the the podcasting thingy oh i definitely yeah yeah well as soon as i heard about the lawsuit i would buy the pot i just you know beg borrow and steal because the money i'd be like because this is going to be big i'd be like we need to have call-in guests so we can talk about being sued by the band-aid manufacturers which I think can, is Procter and Gamble or Johnson and Johnson, one of the two. So yeah, I think it's Johnson and Johnson, but they're probably. probably all the same. There's only like eight companies that own everything. Speaking of that, have, did you know? Have that, you seen the graph? The um, chart? Oh well, of like the eight companies that own. I'm every, sure Procter and Gamble is definitely one of them. I'm sure it's part of Bernie's campaign. Um, but did you know that there's one company, some Italian company, that makes almost all of the eyeglass frames? No. I did not. I found this out, and it was this explains everything. I mean, how many times have you gone to? Well, do you wear glasses? Uh, reading glasses. Nah, that work all day because I can't see crap on the computer. That doesn't count because they're the cheapest fucking glasses. I mean, you can buy those at the dollar store for three bucks. I know. Three bucks. Yeah, I know. No, no. Know. This when you go to buy a pair of glasses. Okay, the the. The lenses will be okay. They'll start at like eighty bucks, and then they add coatings that cost hundreds of dollars. So the lenses, normal, just plain uncoated lenses, would be like eighty dollars. Okay. And then they'll be like, "Oh, pick out your frames," and you go over and start looking at frames, and they go from two hundred to four hundred dollars. And I'm not talking anything fancy here. I'm talking just a pair of motherfucking wire frames. <laughs> Not just regular wireframe. This is why we need that board, Mother by the way. Yeah, this is why we need that. I need to buy that board. I've just made up my mind. I'm going to buy the podcast, the Roadcaster, because it has the buttons for the sound effects, and I can put a beep on there to beep myself. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so but I'll be, I'll be like, the beep over frames. You? 
I'll just or will it just beep and cuss at the same time? Well, I just won't cuss. I'll just I'll just hit the beep button instead of cussing. I'm gonna get also one of those road podcast box things. Yeah, and I'm gonna record you cussing on my buttons, and so you'll beep, and then I'll play you going fuck. Well, the goal is going to be we're going to race to see who can publish the podcast first. So whoever fuck, publishes it, fuck. whoever publishes it first wins. We'll have two versions. Well, they'll be the same thing, basically. <sighs> Mostly. Stop sighing on me. Sighing is good for you, I heard. Actually. No, but I was really mad because this company has a monopoly on frames. I mean, all the major sunglass manufacturers, all the brands you can think of, the only ones that they don't make are like the ones that Costco sells. Um, anyway, it's like all the, okay, you go, to, you go to your optometrist, they make the frames. You go to Walmart, they, well, I think Walmart anyway, they make the frames. Like everywhere you go, these frames are made by this one company. For the most and part. Is that because they're doing some kind of shady capitalism that screws out all the other uh, you know, eyeglass <sighs> manufacturers? Or is it just they're the only ones that like give a rat's ass about being in that business? I think at one time they were the only ones that, you know, they, they, just, they just bought up other manufacturers who weren't doing well. And they sort of, I mean, they did buy up other companies and they kept the brand name. So you think that you're buying like an Oakley pair of Oakley sunglasses, but no, it's made by this company that has a name you've never heard of, by the way. Their actual, the actual name of their company is not any of their brands. Ah, so oh, very clever. Yeah, but they, and, and they claim that they have, you know, that they make them to the specifications of these different brands, so they're all different and they're all, you know, but, but the bottom line is they charge a lot of money for these frames, and it is insane. I mean, it's completely insane. I'm not kidding when I say they're 400 bucks. A typical, so, yeah. somebody needs to get a horse in that race. Well, wouldn't that be nice, you know? I mean, they're trying. There, there are other manufacturers that are trying to, to get in there, uh, I think, anyway, because as I said, Costco has their own. Um, but the problem is you're not going to find them. Wherever you go, Lens Crafters, all the, every nationwide chain of uh, eyeglass people that you can think of where you go in and get fitted for eyeglasses and get your eyes checked. Pearl Vision Center. Yep. They, they sell their frames. Oh, they're not. They only, that, okay, that wait. That was all I could think Let of. Let me back up. They not only sell their frames, this company owns those outlets. Oh, even cleverer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they own the they, they own the companies that sell them. They own the manufacturing. And and the and they've got like I said, they've got all these different brands. So you would never know that they're all owned by the same company. I see what they're doing. Exactly. It becomes crystal clear, doesn't it? Yes, everything is coming into focus. It's maybe, it's maybe because it's 2020. It's like Benford's law. The- so if you tried to get a horse, well, if you were thinking about getting a horse in that race and somebody else said, no, that's a terrible idea. You should not get a horse in that race. Are they a naysayer? They could be, but I still still think you should get a rat in the race because rats did, eat a lot less. But yes, the naysayers. What you were saying there, I I, okay. just, I figured our listeners were going to get it before even I would, so I just figured uh, I'd let them laugh before I like interrupted it with a nay. I don't think so. Uh, oh, stop with the sighing already. Sighing is fun. 
I like science. So where I was going with that book thing is that Michael Pollan, um, the guy who wrote The Omnivore's Dilemma, wrote a book on caffeine and the effects of caffeine. And I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know any of the effects of caffeine. Right. Well, I'm probably, perfectly fine. You probably don't even... Once you're addicted to caffeine, you don't get the the real good rush anymore. You you pretty much just have to have the caffeine to feel normal. Yeah, caffeine doesn't phase me. I could like drink a pot of coffee and then go back to sleep. Yeah, and the problem with caffeine addicts, though, that he was explaining, was that you pretty much, when you get up in the morning, you're like in a daze. Your brain's not hardly functioning until you get caffeine because you're literally in caffeine withdrawal by the time you wake up in the morning. I'm not addicted. I don't know what you mean. I'm addicted. I'm not addicted to caffeine. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had I've had my experiences with caffeine because I used to be totally like caffeine was just ubiquitous in my life. I would wake up, make a pot of coffee, drink drink that pot of coffee over the course of the day, possibly start a second pot of coffee before the day was over. Um, and I would drink caffeine right up till not necessarily right up till I went to bed, but I wasn't one of those people like, oh, I can't have caffeine after two in the afternoon because it'll keep me awake. No, no, I'd have caffeine six o'clock. I'd have caffeine after supper. I mean, there's no fucking way I was going to stop drinking coffee before say eight p.m. Right. Well, I drink it. I mean, not routinely, but I have been known to drink it up until time for bed. Yeah. But I even mean, if why I'm not? not- even if I'm not drinking coffee, I'm drinking Pepsi, and that's got caffeine in it, or tea, and that's got caffeine in it. It may be that's why I could wake up in the morning, because uh, because I had still had caffeine in my system in the morning. Could caffeine be. takes, takes yeah. like, it's, I think he said the quarter life of caffeine was 12 hours. So in 12 hours, you have a quarter of the caffeine that you drank 12 hours ago. I saw a video by CGP Gray, and I don't know if you're familiar with him or subscribe to his channel, but he does a lot of cool videos about various topics. But one of them he did was caffeine and basically how the negative effects are overblown and that actually caffeine isn't that bad and it's kind of a good thing. It stimulates your brain. It makes your brain work better, so don't sweat it. Well, and the things that come with caffeine, coffee and tea have... uh, have, um bioflavonoids and antioxidants right. and stuff. That's right. So, Good for you. Well, but Michael Pollan, uh, his, his caffeine book is an audio book only. And I just oh. wanted to... <laughs> That's, I'm glad you said that. I was about to say, fuck that guy and his tree-killing books. Yeah, no, that was why but I brought it up. That's why earlier I said you, you were against the book thing. And so here you have a book that isn't even ever going to come out in print. It's uh, just purely an audio book. So there you go. I wonder, does it still count as a book then? Uh, well, it's called an audio book. I mean, I guess it's kind of like the Beyond Burger being, you know, meat when it's not, it's made from plants and there's no meat in it. So, um, you know, it's a meat alternative, right? This is a book alternative. Right. I guess. So, I I just want to let people know, last week we did record a podcast, but it got put in the bit bucket because I screwed up the recording. Again, I guess. Um, anyway, which I, is why, if you can donate to the cause, we will buy yeah, that yeah, well, I don't think machine. Uh, well, the, the, the podcast machine would definitely simplify things because everything would be recorded in one. Bo- and we can have call-in guests. 
I mean, that's that's really Ooh. why I want it. What I, I think our recording technique isn't bad, although it takes a long time to publish the podcast, which is one of the things I, I think is a you know something that people would actually notice, is if the podcast could be published like the same night we recorded it, that would be great. Or if we could just live stream the damn thing. I mean, I don't know how that works. Really, well, but. we could live stream it. We'd have to live stream it to some service that recorded That's it. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know what you would live stream it to. Anchor, you could probably live stream it to Anchor, which is how we well syndicate or whatever you want to call it to Apple and Google and all that other stuff. Being able to just take the final recording when we're done and basically drag and drop it onto Anchor would be a good start. Okay, I mean, that, it would be great if I could just, we could wrap the recording and I could just take the SD card and stick it in my computer, and you do have to encode it to MP3, but I could write a script to do that. I, it's no big deal. Just, you know, MP3 it and upload it, and that's it. So 10 minutes after we were done recording, the thing could go online. Well, Anchor could record it for you, so I'm just saying we could just record it right to Anchor, right? Produce and, it from the box. And, and if that was really reliable, that'd be fine with me. But I, I'm just saying, I, I don't... No, with given the fact that we're using the streaming for you and I to communicate, and I'm recording that stream, I don't know that I want to count on uploading another stream and not have problems with the stream, like have it glitch, have it you know drop out. Right. Um, but but enough about our internal. Well, behind the, the, the reason scenes. I wanted to mention that last week's podcast got eaten was because last week I brought up Benford's Law and I talked about it and, and how this cool this cool law. Um, oh, that was last week? Yeah, the distribution of numbers. Right. And, uh, and, and it was kind of fun. It was kind of, it's kind of, kind of geeky, okay? For those who hate my geeky moments, you might want to tune out for a minute. But the idea was that, that or what struck me, what really I heard or was reading, that, that Benford's Law was used actually in prosecuting um, crimes involving you know like accounting you know people cooking the books or 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 stealing from companies or whatever or cheating on their accounting crimes we're getting to the interesting part of the podcast yeah well okay but but i just want to i want (laughs) to i want to try to keep this segment a little bit brief but i just want to mention this is cool what's cool about benford's law and it applies to all kinds of natural series of numbers um is that there's this weird occurrence that the Numbers starting with one are far more frequent, far more common than numbers starting with, say, nine. And there's a progression from one to nine where they become less and less frequent. So if you just looked at the numbers in a natural, when I say a natural sequence, I mean like, like one is the most frequent, two one is, the most frequent, is, yeah, next, two is frequent, next frequent, yeah, like, then three, then four, then five. Like, so you're looking at some natural collection of numbers like just say the height of mountains you know you just take all the heights of all the mountains on the planet and you put them into a chart you'll find that about 30 percent obviously it's a rough average but about 30 percent of them will start with one and about 17 percent will start with two and only like less than five percent will start with nine and this doesn't seems- that make sense though because you have to go from one or you have to start with one until you get to two until you get to three until you get to four. Well, it makes sense in that numbers in real life are more logarithmic than they are sequential, like we think of them. Um, and, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But it doesn't necessarily make sense for the reasons you're saying, because when you're talking about the start of a number, 
that doesn't really have anything like I mean there's no reason why a number like like you have to have a mountain that's say one million one hundred and eleven thousand feet high versus one that's nine hundred thousand eight hundred and you know I mean it doesn't really to me it's like well the mountain is just whatever height it is the number is just going to be what it is and if you yeah. and if we're uh-huh. using I mean we're specifically using ten possible starting numbers because we're in base 10 we could be using a different base and a similar law would apply but the point is that because we use base 10 we use 10 different digits you'd think that they would be evenly distributed i would have thought if you'd asked me before i heard about this law i would have assumed that they would be evenly distributed um but you would be wrong because benford yeah made a law that said you can't have it that way. exactly he passed the damn law and now we're stuck with more ones than we have nines at least at the beginning of the number anyway so the reason for it is is there's actually a mathematical proof for it once they worked it out they figured out, well there must be some reason there's got to be some way to mathematically prove this and the proof basically says that because we live in a logarithmic world you know earthquakes all these things they all are sound you know so many things are on logarithmic scale think nature tends to work on logarithms and for those who don't understand natural logs and things like that i'm just going to make this really simple so the deal is that going from a 1 to a 2 is doubling the number so so the space between a 1 and a 2 is huge and you're more likely to to have a 1 than a 2 because to get to a two, you have to double it, and then and then to, and anyway. So, so the space between a one and a two is big, right? So that ends up being a very large region of the natural numbers. Whereas going from a two to a three, you're only adding fifty percent. Where if we're going to one to two, you're doubling it, and then going from a three to a four, you're only adding thirty-three percent. From a four to a five, only twenty-five percent. So, so you're seeing this this smaller right. space between the numbers, basically. So right. you've got a smaller area. If you were to lay the numbers out on a logarithmic scale, uh, on a, like a timeline, you'd see the distance from one to two would be much larger, and then the, and the numbers would get closer and closer together as you went to the right, assuming you laid them out from left to right. And, and so if you just took the amount of area of that line, the distance of one to two and two to three would be almost like a third of the whole timeline. So they're going to get a third of the numbers. So, so it works out, and it's really cool. Um, but I only bring it up because it was so crazy to me that they actually use this. They, they, they run the numbers on some like financial form through this little filter that says, you know, we have this many numbers that start with one, and this many numbers start with two, and this, and if it doesn't fit Benford's law, I mean, it's a rough law. It's not like they have to be thirty percent of ones and seventy percent twos. But if it doesn't kind of fit that 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 where you have more ones than you have nines. Then they go, huh, these numbers potentially have been made up. They're not actual real numbers. Somebody changed them or something. And so they use that as an indicator that maybe they want to investigate further. I mean, it's not proof that the books have been cooked, right? Because anything can, can violate but it's, it. But it's like the red flag. Yeah, it raises a red flag. And they actually use this. They use this to get warrants from a judge. They go to a judge and they say, this guy's books don't fit the natural order of things and so we think there's a reason to look into them and they get a warrant they look this works they can, because the judges now are aware that this is a real thing and in most cases when the numbers don't align with this law they find there's something wrong with them so it's it's 
I would have never in a million years have thought this was the case. I'd have been like, how many million? Oh, at least one million. <laughs> one million, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I knew uh, you were going to say one million. Well, at least I didn't call you a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> that came out of left field. I know it's from a from something that Joe Biden said to one. Of his, I know yeah. it's from a movie and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. No, but but okay. Oh, so here's here's the last thing I want to bring up before we before we get into serious stuff. So I in the state of Idaho, um, you can carry a gun concealed if you are a state resident and you're at least 18 years old. Okay. They're, Fair enough so far. They're right now trying to pass a law because they think it's unfair to people who are not residents of the state and people who are not 18 years old that will allow any U.S. citizen to carry a concealed firearm in the state of Idaho. That is not fair to the people of Canada. Well, you're right. Oh, and they also include military. They border Canada, don't they? They also include military people, which I would think would be U.S. citizens also, but maybe Canadian military can carry concealed weapons in their state. But, I mean, so so basically, here's the crazy part. When they were having a hearing on this law, and this is just in the news today, this guy brought in his 11-year-old granddaughter who had a an AR-15, loaded AR-15, slung over her shoulder. Oh, please tell me she shot out like the ceiling light or something. No, she didn't. No, there, Dang was, it. there was no, uh, there was no. But <laughs> that would have made the story cool. I know, but I'm like, thank God, there's only 18 people in Idaho, <laughs> because otherwise it would be chaos, right? Well, and, now there's going to be a lot more if they pass this law. Yeah, well, I, well, people will visit Idaho. I mean, if you were already That's a citizen, yeah, if you're already a citizen, you were fine. Except if you were 16 years old, you weren't allowed to carry. A, you could carry an open carry, even if you were. 11 years old. So you could still carry a gun. You just couldn't carry it concealed. Oh, so now kids can conceal their weapons. Absolutely. Cart around in Idaho. This is important because if you're going to carry a gun in school, you can't just open carry it. That's right. People will see it. Yeah. I mean, we don't want anybody to know. And, and there was a guy who, I mean, I love that. Okay. That. Well, heck, even a guy I know just recently, I know I'm like not finishing any of my sentences here, I'm sorry. This is why the uncut version is so awesome. So this, this guy that I talked to just this past Sunday was talking about how you wouldn't dare like do a mass shooting in like a Walmart or a grocery store here because everybody, or at least you know half the people in the store are carrying concealed weapons here being not idaho or here being here being north north carolina like eastern specifically where i live where there's a lot of ex-marines and 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 marines for that matter but this is you know this is where i live is like military town i don't think they put that much thought in it do you like i that's such a bullshit like oh no mass shooter is gonna come around here because they'll end up dead they're going to end up dead anyway. That's part of the plan, and they don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're I don't, just going to some kind of highly populated area and start offing people, you know. Well, and they'll end up killing themselves or being shot by somebody else. I, the only thing I have to say to that is we haven't had a mass shooting around here, so I will wait until it actually happens to see how it comes out before I will argue with someone and say you're wrong because I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't know if. Well, if, it depends on what you consider around here i mean in 
in Raleigh or the Raleigh area, which is not that far from you, they had a shooting at the mall where somebody just opened fire in the middle of the mall and started gunning down people. Yeah, no, I'm talking closer, but but I'm I'm still waiting for it to come here. I think it could. And and depending on the shooter, because here's the deal, in my opinion, like if you're in an area with a lot of military, it's likely that the shooter will also be military trained. So yeah. if he comes in there with his AK-47 or his AR-15 or whatever, and he's got a you know a thirty-round magazine full of ammo and a couple more on his belt, and you're you've got your pistol and it's tucked into your holster under your shirt. What are the chances that you're going to get that pistol out before he takes you out? So, you know, he's prepared for that. Like he's, you say he didn't give any thought, but he probably did. He probably thought, you know, there's going to be people who are armed and there's going to be, uh, you know, and yes, he plans on dying, but he still wants to take out a few people before he goes. And chances are anybody who's reaching for their gun will be the first one to get shot. Um, But I don't, you know, I don't even want to argue that because to be honest with you, Anything could happen in any shooter, you know, mass shooter situation. I, I really think that people who carry a gun because they think they're going to stop, you know, a mass shooting, are somewhat delusional. But that's my opinion. It's it's my. And the reason I say that is because depending on the situation, you could a be the first one dead. You could b be in the back of the store when you hear the shooting, and it could all be over before you could even get there. Um, you know, see, you might shoot yourself reaching for your gun, right? I mean, there's just so many things that can happen under those circumstances. Uh, and, and maybe you won't shoot yourself. Maybe you're a ex-Marine who's had 20 years of, of, you know, training with a firearm and you're like all professional, but there's five other people in that store who are carrying who haven't had that training, but they're all right. armed and they're all freaked out, right? So they'll shoot themselves and possibly shoot somebody else. You know, you just don't fucking know. It's like someone Plus just... bullets ricochet around and all that stuff. Yeah, anything... It's... There's so many things that could happen. I mean, we've had situations where where we've had to go back and find out who got shot by whom when it was all over. They're like, oh, yeah, two of the people that got shot were shot by cops because the cops came in and they were shooting and the shooter was shooting and, you know, bullets everywhere. And innocent people get killed by cops' bullets because, let's face it, you have a shootout, right? Which is hard to avoid. I mean, if you've got somebody with a gun and you got cops show up, they've got to have a shootout. That's sort of the Hollywood rule, right? <laughs> it's Benford's law. There's exactly. got to be one shootout. <laughs> and 11 bullets will be fired. But That's right. Um, or actually, you know, there's some, I think it's the number of bullets is always like, you know, in the in the teens or 20s or 30s, you never hear about 90 bullets fired. That's right. Now you know why. Yep, Ben Benford's law. So, so at least you can be rest assured. Like if you're counting bullets, once you get to about forty bullets, you can pretty much know that they're going to stop soon, or they're going to go to a hundred and something. <laughs> right. Once they hit a hundred, though, they can go all the way up to one hundred ninety nine, and you're still right in there. Speaking of statistics, I have one funny statistic before we hang up because we got to go. We got to go. I'm sorry. I. I'd love to make Clock these podcasts. Yeah, I'd love to make the podcast last forever, but but I, there's so many podcasts I can't listen to because they're too long, and I and I feel like I want you people to be able to listen to our podcast. So last and this thing. is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh come on. So 
84%. This is a quote from uh, That number Plenty does not start with a one. You're right, right. This is why I think they made it up. Anyway, this is this is from Plenty of Fish, uh, the, the website, plentyoffish.com. Where you, oh, it's a yeah, this site. is yes. a good statistic. This is good. Though. This is worth it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, 84% of singles would rather someone present accurate information about who they really are on their dating profile. The other 16 would prefer that you lie to them completely. Yes, because they really don't want to know who you are. And I don't blame those 16%. I'm thinking, you know what? I don't want to know who you really fucking are either. Just make something up. Make it sound good. And I'm just going <laughs> to pretend that's who you really are while I'm dating you. Because cause if you're an axe murderer, I don't want to know. I right. don't. Well, like, look, if you're an axe murderer and you say that on the dating site, are you really trying? I well, mean, that's you know, true, too. The, the thing about the other 16% is they realize that the people that bother to lie are at least putting some effort into their dating thing. Because isn't that the whole point of dating? You, well, they also know that, like, that everyone's going to lie anyway. So if you said you were an axe murderer, they wouldn't believe you. They'd be like, he's just making that up. He's just being funny. I like this guy. He's got a great sense of humor. Right. And then what when a he, card. And then when he pulls out his bloody axe, you're like... What is that? And he's like, I told you I was an axe murderer. And you're like, you mean you were serious? And he's like, yeah, I was serious. What do you want? You expect me to lie? Don't you know 84% of people want you to be truthful on your profile? Life is hard. (laughs) He he definitely had an axe to grind. I'm just going to say this. Okay, life may be hard, but but dating is harder. Life is hard. But it could be worse. 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 Life is hard. But it could be worse.